This is Van Luck, a ghost, and this episode of Expansive Sound Experiences, Siren for You in Song. And so what we're talking about is a song we put together where Josephine is kind of bringing up the Iliad and, uh, and kind of alluding to that she's a siren that, like, Odysseus would be, you know, being pulled toward. And, um, and that she's using her ghostly charms to, like, pull people in. Now, we've been um, playing with the Moog House of Electronicus patch guide, which allows you to uh, <clears throat> combine the Moog Mother 32 and the Moog DFAM, drummer from another mother, to make various uh, experimental analog sounds. And the last time we talked, we were playing with um, the patch that is like three squares and a sign. And it, it's very powerful in terms of uh, giving you a sonic palette that gives you really nice bass tones <clears throat> that have a plucky kind of percussive nature to it. And then when you play with the delay and, and sustain on the ADSR, um, you can actually get it to kind of do a little drone. Uh, and also when you slide your keys down the keyboard, like you're sliding down a fretboard, it gives you like a kind of like a, a real powerful kind of Hendrixian slide um, that you could do like Bootsy Collins would do or Hendrix would do. So it gives you that kind of cool nature. Um, and then we were playing with um, the percussive nature of the Arturia Mini Root 2S and its um, looping envelope. So we got a very interesting looping envelope. But then we have also gotten back heavily into our System 1M, which is a plug-out technology. It's um, analog behavioral modeling. <clears throat> And what's cool about that synth is it's we're using the native uh, System 1M. We didn't get the plug out. We're thinking of trying to get the System 100 plug out because we're very interested in that. But um, yeah, it's uh, we were playing with the LFOs on that machine, and it, we got it to to run through a really interesting pattern. And then we also used our Turia Mini Boot 2S. I mean, our Turia Beatstep Pro to create uh, some drum sounds for this song. So this song has some complexity with the System 1M, which is uh, a very interesting machine. It's very kind of sound painting oriented. And then we've got a different version of uh, the song, the trick down low. This one is trick low down. This one, what we did is we did some experimentation with Video Leap, which is an app that allows you to combine all kinds of effects. So we brought in some effects where you can actually bring in a video and then have some of the audio included into the, the mix. So you're basically mixing videos together and you can change the sound level. So we took a set fan like a ghost song near the end of the song uh, and we could put it at a very low volume level and integrated it into this song, which is a very kind of haunting effect. We also have like a glass breaking at the very beginning of the song and kind of a glitch effect that we have in the middle or at the very beginning of the song with the drum. So we thought it was interesting. And we sent this version on to Bentley uh, versus the previous version we talked about. And this is like Josephine basically on the street, again, uh, challenging Vampirella, the Warren vampire sex goddess to a, to a challenge that she's gonna go after all these men on the street tricks and she's gonna pull him from Vampirella and she's she's the one that's gonna 
win that contest. And uh, Josephine doesn't have a problem with her sexuality, whether it's a man or a woman or a ghost or <laughs> a gal. It, she's going to go wherever she wants to go. Now, we've been uh, interviewing individual bands and artists. Uh, we viewed Eleni C., Elena C. last night from uh, London. Uh, and so you can see that podcast that we put out. We're going to be talking to another band today, uh, tonight. Uh, I am Luna Sita, uh, an artist. And we're, we're very happy with all the work that we've been able to do with these, um, these interviews. But like we always tell everybody, you know, artists are kind of starving today. You know, streaming services don't really pay us that much. They, you get very low money. And, you know, you sell 10,000 streams, you barely make $100. Um, where before you could have made like $10,000 when people downloaded things. Uh, and so we have to do things like these podcasts. So I'm really reaching out. You know, we've got over 20,000 listeners, getting close to 21,000. But we haven't had a lot of people actually contribute. So if you like an artist and you like what the ghost is doing, I would suggest, can you please donate to the subscribe button, uh, a supporter button? There's a 99 cent option. Uh, it's, it's less than a cup of coffee. Uh, if you like what we're doing, it would be we'd be appreciative of if you could do that. We also have a Patreon. If you want to support more, we have an album. On CD, a physical CD, The Flower That Booms at Midnight in the Tomb. If you give us more than $20, we will actually send you a copy of that album. So if you like what we're doing, you like the fact that we give freeform interviews for over up to an hour to artists without charging them, I think uh, that would be interesting if you could help us out with that. Now, the other thing we were looking at is um, there's a lot of people that were maligning, especially the Behringer Boys. Um, the new Jupiter XM and a Jupiter XM is the new Zencore uh, vision of the Jupiter and it's probably the closest uh, clone to a Jupiter in a long time because actually instead of trying to be in something else it actually is emulating the Jupiter like the System 8 did except it's a Roland instead of Aria product and it's premium it's got a metal case with some of the Behringer boys you know got that wrong to act like it was cheap. It's not. Uh, it is expensive. It's $1,500. <clears throat> and you could save for that kind of money. You could get a Hydrocent. You could get close to getting a Moog Matriarch. You could get close to getting a Rev 2. So you could say, well, why would I spend that? But the fact that you've got a machine that has, you know, uh, a JX8P, um, an RD Piano, a Jupiter, a Juno, and all of these Roland drum machines has basically got a lot of the capabilities that a JDXI or JDXA has. Um, and it has a void coder as well. So if you've got a, a gig to do and you've got, you know, you don't want to carry a big, big machine. And then you brought like an Arturia, uh, you know, key step or a bigger, you know, one of their really good keyboards, made controller, you'd actually have a lot of power. To have pianos, have Jupiter pads, 106 pads, and that's a polyphonic SH101, which you couldn't have before. So I think you know, in terms of performance and reliability, and not you know being able to bring this to a gig and have it be forgiving, <clears throat> it's great to have analog sense and stuff. But 
you can't really move a Voyager around that great without damaging it. And you know, if you move your Mogs around, uh, you endanger them. Um, so if you have machines like Arturias and Rollins and Yamahas, the reason people have them is because if you're a, a touring <clears throat> musician, you got to deal with the reality that some of the analog equipment is very sensitive. And a uh, Roland Phantom will, will give you what you need. A Korg uh, Kronos will give you what you need. Uh, you know, I, I do have my my modular gear inside the Arturia uh, 6U solution, so I feel pretty confident with that. But if I was going to go on a heavy tour on a plane, I'd probably get a Doffer and move everything into a Doffer because it's, it's, a, it's a heavier case. It, it'll protect the gear. So I'm thinking of moving to a Doffer and adding a lot more make noise modules. The other thing people have been maligning rolling on is like, oh, they don't have analog, but you know, look at the system 500, the system 500 uh, modules. If you built them out, would be like $3,000. You have, you know, basically a classic system 100, almost close to a system 700 analog Roland history, which is very powerful and very, you know, if you ever listen to an SH1, SH5 or SH7, uh, those sounds are unbelievable. And then the System 100 and 700, you don't need to say anything about those. It's like really awesome. It, they stand toe to toe with the Moog systems, modular systems, the System 1s, the 10s, the 11s, 35s, 55s. The Roland 100s and 700s and SH models are very significant in terms of what you can do with them. And to, to be able to have that and also like the the, the other gear that's out there is the um, the Studio Electronics SEO one or SEO two, which is a very interesting machine. So, you know, the Barrage Boys, I understand they just want to keep on seeing the Odyssey get recreated. Well, you know, Korg recreated the Odyssey, and then you know you, you can get a. They want to see the original Voicoder from Roland. I'd rather go to Tokyo and actually buy one from from like five G. <laughs> um, but, you know, people are going to go what they want. They want $300 cents, and they think that's the best thing. But at the end of the day, you know Moog Matriarch. And I never hear them saying anything about Moog, these um, Behringer boys. It's like, what about the Matriarch? What about the grandmother? What about, you know, what about those things? All I hear them talking about is, like, recreations of since that have already been around. Um, so they, they seem kind of disingenuous, <laughs> and they like to hate on Roland. But the, if you're going to be a gigging musician, the Roland Phantom, compared to the Kronos, I would actually pick the Phantom because I like the RD piano. I like the, the analog filters. I happen to like Roland filters. And if you play with a System 8, you can see the, you know, or even the new Jupiter XM. Roland filters are pretty impressive for what they can do. Um, and so, you know, all this hate for Roland, at the end of the day, if you see a gigging musician that's actually playing shows, you'll see a lot of Roland gear on the stage. So uh, whatever they want to say. And, you know, I'm an experimental musician. And I don't get the kind of malign sound that people say, oh, Roland's are too clean. Well, it depends on what you do. I mean, if you take effect systems or you run things in a different way or you, you play with the pads or you play with the sound design, you can make it to taste. It's like Jack White. He could take a, a, a plastic guitar and make it sound great. So the the you know you can take any instrument, and if you're a musician, you can get it to sound good. 
you can do something with it and, and take it if you have an open mind. So I, I'm kind of tired of the Barringer boys just talking about how they hate Roland all the time and they're not doing what they want. And I understand, <clears throat> like, my argument for Roland would be this. The Phantom's got an analog filter. The Jupiter XXM should have an analog filter. So I would say, yeah, I do agree with that. But if you listen to um, the the demos that are out there of the Jupiter XM and all the filters that it does have, it does sound pretty damn good. And, um, and for an all-in-one type of machine, it is a pretty good machine. If you're thinking about that and trying to do a performance on stage and you don't want to bring a lot of gear, it's a good solution. And if you, you know, if you need a piano, if you need a Jupiter, if you need a Juno, if you need a um, uh, 808, it'd be hard pressed to find a package that has all those things for $1,500 that's small and would let you come to the show with a very small uh, presence. So that's what I have to say on my soapbox. And if you don't like it, send us a voice memo to argue why you don't like it. But um, we'll talk to you later. Thank you.
objection to me. Objection to me. Yeah, yeah.